This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Kerry Dixon Show in association with ChelseaFan12.com, the home of the 12th man, the fan. Uh, check out uh, their fantastic memorabilia, uh, all their news and videos on their website, which of course is at ChelseaFan12.com. Uh, and also check out their uh, Chopper and Chivs show, which is recorded at the Butcher's Hook after every home game and then goes uh, up on their site. And of course you can follow them uh, on Twitter at Fan Twelve Chelsea, and as always, a very warm welcome to Kerry Dixon. How are you, mate? I'm fine, thanks, Dave. Uh, I know where uh, you were at the game last night. I know you were at uh, Arsenal uh, on Sunday, but I'm going to kick off with uh, Arsenal because it would be remiss of us not to talk about that first. Um, you know, I think it was a bit disappointing overall getting a getting a nil nil, but I think that the the main kind of controversy for want of a better word that came out of it really was uh louise's tackle on uh, kolasnic and uh talkerville discipline amongst chelsea being our i think our third red card in five games and uh i mean you know having been there and i know you were I, you know i felt the supporters were, were grumbling you get that grumbling noise when you when you think you've got a a referee who's not giving us the decisions that we want so i mean kicking off with uh, louise do you, do you think that was a reckless tackle kerry um, I've got to go down and say under the letter of the law, in the, the new laws, which you know Chelsea have found to their cost, are being employed quite stringently, um, it's going to come down as, as reckless. Um, you know, you can't do these tackles anymore. Uh, and it's not having a pop or anything like that. It's just stating the obvious. Um, you know, he, he did overrun it slightly and, and then he, he dived in and when these situations happen, uh, you know, if you don't get the ball, well, even if you do get the ball, you know, if you go, if you hit the ball and then go over the top and hit someone, um, you've got to think about breaking their legs. If it happened to one of our lot and, you know, an, an opposition player had done it, we, you know, everyone would be up in arms, bad tackle, that was out of order. And, ser- and seriously, if you do break someone's leg and put them out for six months or, or something like that, you, you, you know, you've got to 
think of these things. And the laws are put in there for that very reason. I'm I'm not one for saying that, you know, in in, in days gone by, you know, when you see the Chopper Harris tackles and you see, you know, the Vinnie Jones antics <clears throat> and things like that, you know, I've played in these times. And, you know, I've seen people grip broken legs and it's got to go down as a plus, you know, when they're trying to outlaw that type of tackle. For the mere fact that for every one player that might get his career ended, you know, it, it's just not worth five, six, ten, any amount of red cards for, for players losing their career. So I've got to go down and say that the laws are being upheld. And, you know, that particular challenge, in my opinion, even though it's one of ours, it, it breaks the law and he's going to have to take his punishment, as Gary Kay has and, and, and other people as well. I've got to say, Kerry, I, I have to say, mate, that is really, really refreshing to hear you know, because we don't get this view enough. And as you rightly said, you used to play in those times. And a lot of my generation will go around saying, yeah, we love it, you know, get stuck in, put your foot in, Chopper Harris, blah, blah, blah. But we were never on the receiving end, you know. And I think it's lovely to hear you come out and say that. Um, kind of moving on from that, I mean, you know, there's a lot of talk about Chelsea being ill-disciplined. I mean, personally, I don't think we are. And I wrote a blog this week kind of pointing out that, you know, when it comes to bookings and red cards... And all that kind of thing. Over the last well, fifteen years, we're we're about average, frankly. We're neither neither good nor bad. Um, but do, do you think there's any merit to that? That we are a bit ill-disciplined? No, I'm not, I don't really. I don't think Chelsea are an over-physical side. Um, we'll get onto over-physical sides uh, perhaps later on in the show with what we've got coming up. And uh, <clears throat> or, or previously, that's not a deceiver, uh, you know, to Stoke and places like this. But you know, you, you're talking about getting involved in a physical game. Um, some of the people who aren't sure about physical game will know about it um, in, in that particular match. But I don't think Chelsea are, as a rule. Um, you know, we've got players who who can who could challenge and we've had players all all, all all through our history who could actually make a tackle and you know be involved in that type of thing but I don't think Chelsea are over physical side um, there have been mistimed challenges which you know as I've already said will <coughs> players will take it on the chin and take their punishment like men um, but uh, I don't think it's ill-discipline I think it's just a case of we've had a little spate of mistimed challenges and you know mm. if we have to be cautious uh, in the future, um, then that's got to be it. You know, just defenders before you dive in, just take that split second not to realise to, to do these things and try and stay on your feet. Uh, you know, it, it's something, it's a bit of a learning curve for defenders. Every time they bring in a new rule or they make some some changes, people have to adjust their game slightly. And, uh, you know, in the modern world, uh, this is what's got to happen. And, uh, mm. you know... As I've already said, Chelsea are finding it to their cost, but I don't think that they're an over-physical side. That's right. Well, I think you're right. I mean, you know, with our old mate Ray Wilkins would say, stay on your feet. I think that's the message, isn't it? I mean, I think the, the thing that I think yeah, I think the thing that annoys uh, a lot of supporters, and, and it's, it, again, I wrote about this in the blog. But you know, I've, I've been sat in where I've been sat for about 15 years, and 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 I've definitely had a feeling that we get on the wrong end of some inconsistent refereeing, i.e. we get penalised for challenges that other sides don't. And it seems a bit of a mystery. Again, I think the facts don't actually bear that out, but there is that feeling. But, I mean, you know, I think, you know, I mean, on, on the one hand, Michael Oliver, you know, booked Morata for gobbing off because he was really frustrated that he felt things weren't going his way. And on the other, they had their offside goal ruled out. So, I, I, to be really honest, I think, you know, it kind of goes around, doesn't it? You know, and it evens out, really. Do you think there's a bit of merit in that? 
I, that's, I, I totally believe that. I never used to get involved with referees. Um, <clears throat> as I, said, I don't think I was booked five times in my career, but you know, when mm. I felt things weren't going your way, I, I, you just realised there's no point in mouthing off to referees, get yourself booked and all of these sort of stuff. Referees got a job to do. It's not an easy job, let's face it. No one would want the job. Um, some make more mistakes than others and they, they get penalised within the laws of you know what what their own referees association and, and people do. They get you know, drop down divisions or whatever. I, I don't really know, but they're human beings and they're going to make mistakes. And I think it's, it is a case of over the season, you're going to get some, if you get the rough luck too many times, you, just, you know, I really do believe it's not a place to be moaning about it. It's just take it on the chin and just say, it doesn't seem to go for us. And, you know, I've never been one to continually moan about the laws. They're, they're there, you play within them. You've got a referee that does good jobs or bad jobs. Every game we go to, and I always say it on, you know, the show and other shows and whenever I talk to people, <clears throat> I hope it's a game, it's a tight game. I hope it isn't decided by a referee's decision or, you know, a penalty or a sending off and things like that. And so does everyone else who goes to football. But they are aware of the fact that these things can happen. You know, that that's part of it. It does happen at times. Yeah. And sometimes you get it for you and sometimes against you. Definitely. It's part of the game. Nobody's perfect. Uh, players, supporters and even referees. Um, we should really talk a little bit more about the game, I think. And, uh, you know, I think what surprised me uh, afterwards, and I, I, I would uh, I'd love to hear what you have to say about this, because we both kind of predicted a fairly comfortable Chelsea win going on the form. But I think what was really interesting was, was that Arsenal, you know, unusually for Wenger in recent history, to be honest, Kerry, but he really came with a, a tactical plan, you know, and they stifled us, and they pressed us, and they defended very, very well. And, you know, out of that, I wonder if if Conte might have, you know, been lulled into that in a sense, because, uh, you know, he picked uh, Fabregas uh, instead of Bakayoko. Um, and with hindsight, which, of course, is a wonderful thing, maybe he might have done it the other way around. I mean, what, what do you think about that? Well, you know... I'm not going to look at Fabregas, or I'm not going to look at Bacioto's ambition or whatever, uh, team selection, and say that that was the reason for the result. I think that um, Arsenal had had a particularly bad couple of results, certainly the Liverpool 5 0 uh, prior to. They took a real hammering for that, um, le- leading into the Chelsea game. And, you know, it, their players come into the game with a degree of determination that they're, you know, they're not going to allow Chelsea to win. And I think each and every one of them found that 10%, which I don't think Chelsea on the day um, matched. I think I think Chelsea played a normal game, a, a, a fair enough game. Um, Arsenal, I felt, were the better side, I have to be honest. But I felt that they were the better side because they found that, that 10%, each and every one of them. And, you know, it's, it's only a, a, a small fraction that, that makes a difference between a team that gets some five at Liverpool and then turns in a performance to defend and, and challenge and work and, and, and a little bit of uh, luck, you know, when you think Pedro went through and he had his chance, but then Ramsey went through for them and clicked the post. Um, it, it could have gone either way with, with one of them one of them opportunities, but I think on the day, Arsenal deserved at least a point and arguably three, um, and it was two points dropped for Chelsea. But I don't, right, so I don't necessarily think, t- think it was a game plan... Yeah, I don't think it was a game plan or, or tactical now by the managers either way, um, or masterstroke by Wenger. I think it was just the players had been hurt by criticism of their performances in, in a red shirt prior to, and, and they found that little bit in a game that was, you know, threatening to um, possibly be rammed down their down their throats if, if they didn't pull their finger out. 
Mm. I, I'm inclined to agree with what, what Wenger said, actually, post-match. And, and he kind of gave that sense that, you know, they, they really didn't want to lose that game. Uh, and I think it's interesting to hear what you say, whether they set up to not do that or not. The, the reality is that they, they battled really hard not to lose that game. I, frankly, I think it was a fair result, a draw. I don't think either either side deserved to win it. I don't think either side really created enough to win it. But I don't actually think either side deserved to lose it either. So I, I really think, you know, a draw is a, a fair result. I mean, you, you said a minute ago you felt it was two points dropped by us. I mean, I, I, I'm not so sure, but tell me why. Um. Uh, it's two points dropped because it's an opportunity against a side that was on a downer. Um, we were at home. Mm. Um, they were coming into the game um, not full of confidence, it has to be said. And, they, you know, all sorts of stories were being written about Arsenal. And, and, and they weren't on a on, on a good uh, vein of form, if you like. They, they were on the back foot. And it was an opportunity for us to put them further behind, I felt, with, with Chelsea at home. Didn't pan out that mm. way, you know. They they came mm. and as I've said, and you know, any game at home, I think Chelsea have got to be winning. This is this is how I look at the season, and I include the Cities when I think it's going to be tight, and I include the Uniteds, and I include Arsenal and Tottenham. We've got to be winning them games, um, and and we've got to pick yeah. up something away from home. Then we're looking at the champions, I, and I include all the big guns in that. You know, Europe coming up as well. And I've said to you before, and I've said to people on the show, we've got to be winning our home games. That's the basis for, you know, titles. That's the basis for trophies. Win your home games and then take something away. Uh, if you can do that, you're going to be looking at 75% and invariably 75% of, you know, um, points will put you there or thereabouts in the league and it'll put you there or thereabouts in the Champions League and every other competition. Win your home games. So that's why I say any points dropped at home will be, for me, two points dropped. Hmm. Okay, no, that's fair enough. I'm, I'm glad you explained that. Uh, and I actually, you know, hearing what you say, I, 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 th- I think that's a very valid point. Um, just moving it on to uh, to Forest last night, uh, which is always interesting, and I think everybody was excited to 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 see, you know, who Conte would play and uh, and and who of the youth in particular. But I think just to kind of summarise it first, really, it, it ended up being a very comfortable win. But I think the benefit of it, I talked to you off air a minute ago, I think the benefit of it was that for Conte, it was a very useful game to have because he's managed to get the likes of Bakayoko and Hazard, who, who have not been 100% fit yet, you know, get them more up to speed, as it were, uh, as well as check out some of the youth, none of whom disgraced themselves at all, did they? No, it was a very refreshing um very good um, exercise, but these things are always good after the event. Um, you know, <clears throat> every every team it seems makes changes in this competition now, and the art of it is uh, utilising your squad, getting the best out of the players you've got at your disposal, and getting the result, which is what it's all about. And uh, you know, mm. we talked about Arsenal. I wonder how they felt they're beating Doncaster just one 0 Doncaster hitting the bar as well. You know, was that a good exercise? Mm. Well, they won the game. Chelsea won comfortably yeah. five. And, you know, everyone's really refreshed. We've put some youngsters in, as you've said. They impressed on what they did. And that's what you expect of these youngsters. But the art of management is, is putting these people in, if you believe in their ability. They themselves have got to hit the ground running and, you know, do what the manager believes they can do. And if that be the case, then Chelsea's squad, in whatever game they've got, it'll be slightly different against Everton, I think. Um, you know, that's going to be another interesting one we've drawn in the next round. But... Um, Certainly against Forest, Chelsea's squad should be good enough if he gets his selection right, Conti, um, to beat the likes of Forest with whoever he puts out. Because we've got 
within our squad the team to beat Nottingham Forest and we proved that uh, that is the case uh, with the players that, we, uh, that he put out and uh, credit to Conte because the art of winning this competition is, is doing it utilising his squad um, within the realms of uh, trying to win the competition and winning each individual game yeah yeah, no, I, I think he did very well with that. I mean, it was it was very pleased. I mean, you know, with all that talk before the the season really started, and all the, you know, everybody saying we'd had a horrific transfer window and we haven't really added any quality or whatever. It was really good to see not only you know some of the backup players uh, playing well, but also I mean, five academy players on the pitch. I mean, okay, I, I you know they're not going to start every game, obviously, and 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 maybe you know most of them won't actually make it, but it 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 was good to see him do that, and 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 I you know I th- a lot of people kind of left last night actually feeling quite warm and positive about the future for Chelsea, and maybe there is a chance. I think Charlie Masonda Junior, as we should say, uh, I think he was the one that impressed most, isn't he? And he, he scored a fabulous goal, and it was lovely to see. You know how much that meant to him. You know you you know all about that, but uh, it was lovely to see, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I always say hit the ground running and uh, a 17-year-old coming on or, or starting his, his first game and then scoring a goal, it must be absolutely euphoric for him. Um, and, and, and it certainly was, you know, he'd beam in and, and, and quite rightly so, um, did well, as, it, as did all the youngsters um, played. And indeed, some of the squad players, you know, it, you can go for each and, each and every one individual performance, but... You know, Batshuayi, I always say there's no bad goals and he's got three of them. People say he got two bad goals, but, you know, there's never such a thing. He, he scored a hat-trick. No. You know, we talked about the Maratta and I'm still not totally convinced. I, I was convinced and I'm not convinced the Arsenal game. I'm, <laughs> you know, Arsenal and Tottenham now still still lingers in my head. Is he the real deal? You know, people say three and six yeah. and so on. I don't know. Batshuayi must be thinking, hold on, I've got a hat-trick against Forest. What more can I do? No matter how they go in, I'm there. I'm in the positions. Um, I had my doubts about him. Could he do it? All right, he's done it against Forrest and you can only do what's in front of you. Um, there's all sorts of things going on in this squad. You know, there's youngsters trying to get in. There's established players trying to get back to fitness. There's there's people fighting and vying for positions. There's, there's all sorts happening at the moment. And, you know, that that's good and that's healthy. Chelsea are in a decent position. Um, when we think back to the debacle of Burnley at the start of the season and, you know, what a bad way to, to actually start the defence of your crown. Um, We're on the upward curve again this season. You know, the two Manchester clubs are setting a a pretty hot pace at the moment with all what they're doing, certainly City with the goals that they've got and, you know, some of their performances. But um, all will be revealed with us and them uh, in in a couple of weeks' time. But, you know, it's... uh, Chelsea are in progress, I think. Um, You know, whether you... Like the transfer window, don't like the transfer window. Whether you see progress with the kids, Chelsea, I believe, under Conte, are going in the right direction. And uh, last night was uh, one of the um, refreshing moments of the season. Mm. Well, I agree with that totally. Uh, just going back to Batshuayi, I mean, you're right. You know, he scored a hat trick. You know, he's a striker. That is, in fact, what it's all about. Um, but do do you get a sense that he is improving as a player? I. This is amazing. How many games do you have to, or how many times do you have to watch a player to to change your mind? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, back end of last season, you, you, you see him as, I'll tell you what, he could challenge, he could push for it. Then you see the start of the season, my goodness me, what what's happened? Um, and then you think, Morata, yeah, he's going to be the one, and oh, I don't know. And then Batshuayi comes in, and scores, oh, hang on, he, he might have learned his lesson, he might be looking apart. Uh, 
I really don't know on both players for different reasons. One's mm. 30 million, one's 60 million. Not that the cost of anything will determine how good or whether they fit in or not. At the end of the day, they're part of a team and that team is winning or you know going in the right direction, as I've said. And each of, the, each of them are playing their part as and when and, 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 and doing their bit within. Um, it's when the results start to go the wrong way that people start to dissect and have a, look, a closer look at what each individual is doing and putting into it. Um, while Chelsea are winning and, and doing what they did last night, I'm not talking about the Arsenal game. If, if, if that was the last game, it would be a slightly different momen- uh, momentum for us and a slightly different feeling, no doubt. But last night was good. Um, Stoke's going to be a different kettle of fish at the weekend. Um, and as I said at the start of the show, you talk about a physical game and you talk about a physical team. They're slightly different. Stoke, you know, he's just got some intricate ball players within the side and he's trying to play football and trying to change the style of Stoke, which was uh, sort of set out under Tony Pulis. But but nevertheless, it's a tough place to go and it's not going to be easy. And, uh, you know, as refreshing as it was last night, I don't expect Conte to be putting too many kids out for this particular game. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all... No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. No, I, I, I second that, and we'll, we'll get on to who he might put in in a minute. But, I mean, talking about Stoke, it, it's an interesting game coming up. And, uh, you know, I, I often feel that uh, Stoke away is quite a barometer or a benchmark, really, in the season because, you know, it's not for the faint-hearted. It's, it's cold up there. It's grim up there. It's a very, very hostile, hostile partisan crowd. You know, and, you know, it's not for the faint-hearted. I mean, I, I speak as a supporter, I love it. You know, going up there is great fun. But uh, you can you can see that there are some players who might not fancy it. Some of these, uh, I, I hate to cast aspersions, but a few Continentals might not fancy it. But, I mean, added to all of that, um, historically, 
you know, as you mentioned, certainly under Pulis, uh, Stoke have been a very, very physical side. And they, they, you know, they stick it on you, basically, Kerry, don't they? And I think, you know, it's really interesting because one thing we didn't really pick up, uh, you know, on the Arsenal game was that there was a sense that we were we were kind of physically, uh, you know, bullied a little bit by Arsenal, which is unbelievable to say, but I think that was the case. And that's, I think, something that we absolutely expect against Stoke. Um, but you said a minute ago, I mean, they, they are perhaps not the side that they were in that context. So maybe it might be a bit different. Um, I'm not for sure. Uh, you know, you've already set out all the reasons of why Stoke are Stoke. And, you know, if I could throw in a situation, perhaps uh, if it was a night game and it was uh, um, raining and pouring with, with, uh, and, and freezing cold as such, <clears throat> it'd be an even more um, unnerving experience, if you like. But nevertheless, it's a, it's, it's going to be an afternoon game, and um, you know, it, it's still all of the all the ingredients that you've said are part of the same crowd. If you're a Stoke person, by the way, that, it's a wonderful atmosphere to go down to Stoke and uh, be supported by a, a, a fervent crowd, noisy, and get behind you and then see your player ripping into tackles and so on. Um, it's what was encouraged. Mark Hughes is trying to do something different. Um, I still expect any team put out by Mark that. They'll stand their ground, and um, you know you can't change the nature of the beast if you if you like. You know, um, a lot of Stoke players are, have got Tony Pulis's thoughts, and, and, and you know, been playing in and around that. Okay, there's lots of new ones in and around that situation, but the mentality of we won't get beat, we're at home, is very much uh, on the Stoke agenda, and uh, something that each and every manager, you know, Jose Mourinho, our place, make your home your fortress, and don't get beat here, and you know, Mark Hughes is no different. They won't want to get beat at home. They see that as their fortress and it's their foundation for staying in the Premier League. Chelsea are going to find it tough. And if they thought that Arsenal, each and every one of them, raised their, temp- their game 10%, well, Stoke will be totally different from anything. They will raise their game. They're at home. They have an expectancy from the crowd. And, uh, yeah, they will put it on whoever's out there. And Chelsea have to stand up and be counted. And then their superior skill, if indeed that is the case, should come through. Um Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. All the ingredients that go into a game, as we've discussed, the referees are setting off, the penalties, the rash tackles, that's all still part of it. And uh, it will be tested none more so than at Stoke at the weekend. Mm, absolutely spot on, mate. And I think that's the thing. And I mean, we, we, you know, in, re- in recent past, we've... Uh... We've seen Chelsea lose to Stoke up there, uh, but we've also seen them kind of really grind out a really gritty, you know, narrow win. Cahill's goal last season springs to mind. And I remember Maluda getting one. Uh, I think it might have been a title-winning season then, but, you know, kind of almost last-minute goal. And it is tough. It's a battle. And I think you're right. You know, they've got to really stand up, you know, to that. Because if, if, if you know, Stoke will try and intimidate them, whether they're, you know, the bullying side of old or, or a more footballing side now... And I think the interesting thing in that is that, it, for me, it all comes down from Mark Hughes. I mean, you know Mark Hughes is a Chelsea supporter, and yet he seems to delight on getting one over us. And I think his determination to do what, do you know, do us over seeps through to that side. Have you, I mean, have you, have you, have you noticed that? Well, uh, I mean, I, I know Mark and, and Eddie and, you know, the, uh, the crew yeah. at Stoke, and, and, you know, they, I think they take delight in, in beating anyone. If, if they take more delight in beating yeah. their old club, it would only be because it is their old club. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't see any more special delight, but it would be great for Stoke and their supporters and, and, and that, to beat the champions. Um, and if you look at it mm. the other way, um, if we take the Forest game out out of uh, 
uh, out of the way, if you like, and, and, and we were to get anything other than a win at Stoke, um, people have been saying Chelsea champions, well, they've took two points out of their last possible six. That's why I say Arsenal's mm. dropped two points at home. If uh, yeah. we, We're now expecting yeah. to get something at Stoke, but it's become even even more important to get something because all of a sudden we could be on a, a non-winning run uh, if we weren't to win at Stoke. And that could then go into three games. We've got City coming up as well. We've got, we're have got we away in Europe. Um, all of a sudden, these runs can start and people will be piling on the pressure. And, you know, it's all part of the game these days. Newspapers will be saying, you know, you didn't win in Europe, didn't beat City, lost, uh, drew it all, lost at Stoke, drew at home to Arsenal. What's gone wrong at Chelsea? You know, all of a sudden, the euphoria of Forest 5-0 and how refreshing it is, can be can start to look lost the way people spin things around. Stoke has now become an important game in the league. We want to keep pace with the boys at the top. Um, and you, we now need, because of the Arsenal game, we now need to win, win at Stoke. And uh, I think it's become a priority for us. Mm, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, you know, their, their form has been a bit up and down, really, Stoke, this season. I mean, they, they drew 2-2 at home against United. They beat Arsenal 1-0 at home, uh, and they lost to Newcastle away and Everton away, and they drew with West Brom, and they're kind of mid-table. They're 13th at the moment. Of course, their best player, uh, Kurt Zuma, won't be playing for them, obviously, so that's good for us. Uh, one of our own, of course. Um, but I think, I think you know, it's interesting. For me, uh, you know, uh, you know, I'd rather concentrate on Chelsea, really, and I think he's got an interesting uh, team selection ahead of him, I think, hasn't he? I mean, for me, it boils down to three. I mean, obviously, somebody's got to come in and replace Louise, who's uh, who's banned for three games. So, for me, that's either Christensen or Rudiger. Uh, the other issues, really, are who, who partners Kanto. And, frankly, I would go for Bakayoko, because I think he's quite a presence in midfield, and we need that. And then I would imagine, would it be Hazard for Fabregas? So, uh, so what, what do you think of those in turn? You've already said it. That's exactly what it would be. I think it would be... Um, <clears throat> Christensen will be unlucky, but uh, I think it will be Rudiger. Um, I think it will be Bakayako. And, you know, Hazard will come in because he's the man that will unlock things. Um, so I, I, I do believe that. But I don't necessarily think Fabregas could be out. It could be one of the wide players. He could change it slightly. Yeah. He has got one or two options, but um, certainly Bakayako will play in midfield, I, I would think. And I certainly think that uh, Rudiger will come in ahead of Christensen. Um, a bit more experience and, and of course you know he bought in but Christensen can count himself unlucky I think uh, what he's done so far he'll certainly be challenging and uh, if he does get the nod like I say it's going to be a new experience for him but uh, he'll have to stand up and be counted because it'll be if he gets the nod it'll be one of them uh, situations this is it for you son um, if you fail this one I, I don't see you getting too many more chances Mm, which seems quite mm-hmm. harsh because you're you're right. I think he, I think he's been really impressive actually. The the, the games he's played for us this season, but I, I have to agree, mate. I, I think Rudiger just edges it. He, he's he's a big unit, is Rudiger, and you know he's a German international, so he's no mug. So that I think that gives us a bit more of a solid feel at the back. Um, Bakayoko is a no brainer for me in a match like this. Um, and and I think it's you know yep. obviously if he's fit you know as a Chelsea supporter you want Hazard to start it's as simple as that I thought he showed some glimpses last night I mean albeit against uh, you know a fairly poor Forest team on the night he showed some glimpses last night of what a special player he is I mean that that the way he set up that goal for Batshuayi was I thought actually you know what I thought when I was watching that I thought Zola it was so Zola esque wasn't it class. 
absolute class. Um, mm. I'd have loved mm. to have uh, been on the uh, receiving end of a lot of his passes and the, the way he plays. Um, sometimes he dis- disappoint because you want to beat players uh, too many times. But listen, why would you be disappointed in someone wanting to beat players? You know, if you can beat the opposition, it causes havoc and takes people out of positions. Um, he, he is, for me, not going to say a one world-class player, but in his position, he's the one single piece of skill that can, can unlock these tight games. And, you know, the only way he's going to get fitter is all, is to start playing games. And, you know, whether they be good, bad or indifferent, you know, he's got to start giving him game time to, to get his fitness level up. You can't just say, oh, he gets a bit more time off the bench. He's getting 20 minutes. He's getting a half. He's got to start playing. And uh, mm. for me, um, if he's fit, as I've said before, he plays. Um, so if he is fit, yeah. none of this uh, keeps him on the bench. We've got Hazard to come on. Because a half-fit hazard continually coming on is never going to be the hazard which we know. Yeah, that's a really good point. And of course, another good point to make is, of course, that Phil Bardsley's no longer at Stoke, so there won't be anybody, hopefully, in the Stoke side that will try and snap him in two. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be one or two. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I'm afraid so. I mean, it's actually interesting, you know, just quickly, because we, we should kind of move on to what we think might happen. But uh, I, I remember we discussed this on the Fancast on Monday that you know, maybe Morata could learn a thing or two from Hazard because I, I thought Morata was going down, you know, to ground very easily against Arsenal and looking to the referee. And actually, one of the most commendable things about Hazard is how he's changed his game. And he gets a right shellacking every game. Let's face it, Kerry. But he gets up, picks himself up, and gets on with it. And that's really what you've got to do, isn't it? Well, it's a case of uh, he's been a few years now in the Premier League, and he knows what he's going to get. It's not going to change. And defenders of opposition, opposing teams relish the fact if, if he's got it the week before, they say, I've got him next. Let's give him some more. He's moaning and groaning about everything. They love it. And it's going to be the same with Morata. Mm-hmm. People will find out. Didier Drogba took him about a year, year and a half to find out about. Yeah. This is it's not going to change. You're going to, If you're going to play, you're going to get it week in, week out. And every opposition centre-half or full-back or whatever, um, you're going to get served up and... Uh, this is how it is. Um, so get used to it, or you, you have to get out. Um, you know, they say you know, heat in the kitchen comes to mind. Um, this is the kitchen; you're in it, and so get used to it. Mm, and it's bloody hot, uh, right? So I think we need to nail our colours <laughs> to the mast. I mean, I, 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 th- I think it's I think it's a pretty tough game to call this one. And for me, it depends on on whether we're at it or not. And and as you were saying earlier, if we're prepared to kind of stand up to them and and not be intimidated. Um, I never, ever like predicting uh, anything other than a Chelsea win, as you well know, Kerry. So I'm going to go for 2-1. But frankly, I, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a 0-0 or a 1-1. I'm totally in agreement with you, mate. Um, it's on the day is what turns up. Chelsea's best team playing their best football, turning up at Stoke will win the game. Um, refereeing decisions, uh, all sorts of Stoke impetus on the back of whatever results they've had for whatever need they have. Um, I think a defeat was their last last one. I remember, yeah, I they, the lost, they lost to Bristol City. Did they get beat up there? Yeah, yeah. I think they lost to yeah. they lost I think they lost the, in the League well Cup to Bristol City, yeah. So yeah, they're, yeah. They, they're going to be looking for a rebound effect and, you know, a bounce-back situation. And, you know, Chelsea are going to have to be on their game. And, you know, I don't know what Conti's awareness of it all is, but he must be thinking that Stoke are going to going to be at them they're going to be in your face um, Mark Hughes will demand that his players will demand it of themselves um, I normally would say I'd take the point here you know but on the back of the Arsenal thing I think mm. we need to win so I'm staying with you 2-1 but I agree 
um, a point is a possibility here. And, you know, lots of people mm. will say, even the Manchester City is the Man United's, you know, you've already said when you, you run the list of what games they've had, did you say they drew United beat Arsenal? Uh, you know, yeah. that tells it all. Um, they're, yeah. they're capable. Um, and a point here is normally a good point. But I'm going to say 2-1 us, thinking that the, the best team with the best players will turn out, give the best performance, and we should be good enough. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me any other result. Right. Well, you know, let's hope so, mate. Let's hope we're talking uh, next week uh, about a, a win away at Stoke and uh, everything that entails. And of course, I think when we come back next Thursday, we would have played uh, Atletico Madrid away um, in the Champions League. So there'll be lots to talk about next week, as always, as well as previewing the next game, which, of course, is Man City at home. So it's a pretty big week for us next week. Um, but I'm looking forward to it already. Uh, before I say cheerio to Kerry, just remind you all that we are sponsored by the lovely ChelseaFan12.com people. So do go and check their website out for all of their memorabilia news and videos. Kerry, as always, mate, it's been a fantastic pleasure. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the Stoke game and uh, we'll catch up again next week. Yeah, thanks very much, Dave. Enjoyed it. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.